For making the time. Thank you for having the belt behind you. I think we yeah. oh, you mean business there. <laughs> I didn't may not be the best because I'm in my room right now here in Texas. But look, let me just wiggle this table closer. But I did prop up the belt here on this this lovely mod couch that yeah. is in yes. So getting the housekeeping out of the way, that belt is there because of hard to kill 2022. Big match. Can you tell me a little more about that? Um, well, it is the rematch of myself now in different, we are wearing diff much different shoes with myself as the champion four times mm -hmm. um, and Deanna as the challenger, but a very, very different Deanna from the last time we've seen her. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited about it. Obviously, there's no love lost between Deanna and I. Um, She's done a lot of terrible things. She had done a lot of terrible things and said a lot of pretty terrible things leading up to um, when I beat her for the championship. So I'm sure, um, you know, what I found is like, I, and I was saying this earlier, is like, I think, you know, for so long, Deanna was the champion for so long mm -hmm. that it was almost a part of her identity. And so now without the championship, she's like, she does not know what to do. She's like lost, you know? And it's almost like trying to find her identity again, which yeah. is weird because you see her now and she's stripped down and she's in jeans and a t-shirt. She doesn't have, you know, the whole garb on, the Pope hat and all the things. The Pope hat. The Pope hat. That Pope hat was ridiculous. I mean, I know I've worn some ridiculous hats before, but that was like next level. Well, I was impressed with the amount of ridiculousness you have, you don't have a lot of fashion fall paws in your history, I will say. So, uh, probably, I, I think that's, a, a, a depends on who you ask, you know, um, you know, for some people, some people hated the bell bottoms. I loved the bell bottoms. I thought bell bottoms were, are back. My wife was telling me that a day or two ago, the kids like the bell bottoms. So they, you were ahead of the curve. Now, I was, a, I'm always ahead of the curve, <laughs> always ahead of the curve, you know, here. I never let them go. And here now they're coming back. Well, that belt, most people would have that belt. That would be all that's going on in their life. In your case, the music career continues to grow. We got the new single Grown Ass Woman earlier this year. We got the album uh, Strangers and Angels last year. So it seems like you're able to pursue music as much as you want nowadays, do live gigs when you want to, covid aside so that must be a breath of fresh air to be a champion in one job a growing star in the other end and you're creatively fulfilled in more than one way yeah you know it's it's thank you um i, I feel like musically i've always been able like i've been able to do that wherever i've gone because obviously it's it's a massive outlet for me it, it allows me to it's it's therapy of sorts in the sense that i love my music i hope people love my music too because i really do write my music from my heart um and that's really what it's all about is like if it resonates with somebody right but um i i, I think that the the 
impact when I first went to impact they mm -hmm. were the first to really like as far as being able to sing my own entrance song and writing hard mm -hmm. country and and like what a perfect song for this character that character when I was able to kind of almost um reestablish myself in this whole new kind of place that's really for me I go it, it's closer to who I am than the psycho chick next door that's skipping down to the ringside with sure. you know, lollipops and ponytails like don't get me wrong I'm a little bit of that too I'm a little crazy too but 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 <laughs> no it, it's really cool and and I've been working on my music strangers and angels actually we re-released that um digitally right around the holidays because it had gotten it was no longer on the platforms um, and it was the 10 year anniversary. That was the first album I ever released. And I started recording that when I was still in WWE back in, what is it, 2000? I think I started working on that one in the studio in 2009 or so. Mm -hmm. um, maybe 2008, 2009. And so it's my music. And I just feel like I've evolved as an artist as well, because obviously the more you study it, the, the more you do it, hopefully yeah. the better you get, especially you know songwriting is probably my favorite thing i love performing but actually like sitting down and writing the songs is like probably one of the my favorite things to do and i've been as we all have been stuck at home during covid for most of us um yeah i have done a whole lot of writing and self-reflection and um conversations with myself some people call that insanity i don't know uh but yeah it's so I have a new, like we're, we were just having a conversation about what's the next single going to be and when we want to release the full record of all these awesome originals that I've written throughout this whole kind of crazy pandemic. And so I'm excited. You are so good at what you do. You just answered a few of the things that I was going to ask. So I want to take that in a slightly different direction and that you start off with the hardcore country in that it's what I call pop country. Yeah, we have seen some R&B kind of stuff happen as well in collaborations with outside artists. But every big country artist I've ever interviewed, I basically have been able to scratch at the surface and realize that they're big 80s metal people, that they stole all the Def Leppard and Van Halen and Kiss tricks and then put a little country and that's what it is. Hardcore country to me sounded, the chorus at least, totally like it could have been a leftover uh, Def Leppard song, and I mean that in a good way. Were, were Van Halen, Def Leppard, etc., part of your influences growing up? Um, not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a bit of a bit of Van Halen and and even Def Leppard. I've definitely covered them during concerts and stuff. However, um, I feel like my I love rock. I love music. That's kind of like. Let, let me just clarify this. I love music. I love good music. I love good artists. I love, I mean, my mom, I grew up on anything from Hank Williams and Willie from my stepdad to Motown and R&B and Percy Sledge on my real dad because he was more into that to Madonna and Prince on my mom's side and all the things. And, you know, so I grew up with a very eclectic, you know, group of music and then plus when i was with doing my horses and and we would compete all the time there was a lot of classical music being played like we had to do a lot of so i and i played the violin for 
all through high school. So a lot of classical music as well. So I think that when I think about how I, and that's kind of why I chose the country music genre is because one, it was, it's what I probably listen to when I'm just listening, when I'm just like sitting back and listening to the lyrics and to the message and to that. It's what I really like listen to and I kind of gravitate the most, but I found that's how I was writing. I was writing more in that vein. And country has changed because if you look at it, like the rock music that we hear now is not the same type of rock music that I remember being rock music. Like some of it is even just like, I don't know. But also country music has evolved and, and it's really hard to define, okay, what is country music? Because like you said, there's pop country, there's old school country, there's outlaw country, there's rock country. And if I was to define like what probably, what vein I sit in the most, it would be more of like a Southern rock, like a um, Fleetwood Mac, like a, I love Stevie Nicks so much. And then so, but that, or, you know, but then with a little country edge, obviously, and I have done poppier songs and catcher, like I was able to do the um, duet with uh, the Ying Yang twins for left, right, left, which was super fun. Um, but I've also with grown ass woman, like grown ass woman, we, the girls and I, we probably ended up writing that song in like 45 minutes and hmm. it was, yeah, it's just crazy. And so it's just all about, to me, it's the song that speaks to you. And if the song is good and then everything else is gravy. Yeah. So to recap what we've talked about, multi-time uh, world champion in this company and elsewhere, the musical career is growing. You've been in a high profile way now more of your life than not. Uh, that's a scary way to look at years and numbers per se, but is there anything you haven't accomplished yet that you're still hoping to in wrestling or elsewhere? Um, well, you know, I think secretly we all want to go down as the greatest of all time. I think everybody secretly, whether they want to admit it or not, wants to be the GOAT. Um, and I know that's a tall order, but we all kind of hope to at least be in the, you know, top five. Um, I, I'm going to... Uh, break professional ground and say you are so yes you got that thank you at least in the top five at least in the top five yeah top five thank For you sure. uh i think that um i haven't sold a number one record yet so obviously there's that uh you know, there's a lot, but I think for me everything is kind of and i say this and i know it's sappy to say but when i became a mom like everything shifted and Donovan's seven now, and he's, you know, it's, it was one thing when he was an infant and he was so, but now that he's coming into his own and with his own personality and defining like his interests and likes and things that he, whatever is like, I just really hope that he's proud of me. And like when he's oh. older and he can, you know, understand all of this because he didn't understand it then he barely understands it now to him it's like oh mommy goes on tv and she falls down a lot right that's literally he's and, not and daddy also <laughs> and daddy too and he's not even a huge wrestling fan in that sense like he'll he loves being in the ring physically in the ring and running around and trying to do stuff or playing but to watch it on television is probably like me watching baseball for him you know uh 
And it's just ironic because I'm like, and I think it's because he's grown, he's literally been around it since he was like an infant, infant. And so I just hope when he does understand it, he thinks that his mom is cool and she does some pretty cool things, you know, because I don't know, I just want to make him proud and I want to, you know, just be the best mom that I can be and hopefully uh, be a good example of, of a strong woman for him. And, you know, just, I don't know. I just want to be awesome in his eyes, at least. I just want to be awesome. Song title (laughs) right there. Um, And the last thing I want to know, my wife and I are spending three weeks in Las Vegas between December and January. Impact does a lot of time around Sam's Town. Do you have a restaurant recommendation for a place that we will enjoy? You have to go to Nobu. Um, uh, Nobu's so fantastic. Oh my God. There's so many places. There was a place that I just went to. I think it was in the Wynn Resort with a friend of mine. Was it called the Pacifico? Sounds familiar. I know the Wynn. Yes. There's the Wynn and Encore. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're together, the villas and the thing. Yeah. And I think the place was called Pacifico inside that hotel. It was fantastic. And there was this, like this lady, they had a band, but like you know, like a real like jazzy kind of swanky band. And then the girls were all dressed like in these feathers and they were like, kind of like the twenties flappers kind of vibe. Um, And they were all dancing, you know, like cigars, cigarettes, that kind of, yeah, that kind of genre. Roaring Um, twenties. Yes. Yes. The roaring twenties. There was great Gatsby, very Gatsby, (laughs) if you will. Um, I'm I'm from Long Island. If I didn't call out a Gatsby thing, I think they'd take away my Long Island card. So. They would, they would. You would have yeah. to turn it in for sure. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, oh. those are two. But you know, honestly, I haven't been to Vegas in a while, aside from just for for TVs. But when we're there for TVs, we're there for TVs and pay per views. So I don't get to venture very far very often. So I'm I'm excited for you. Well, thank you very much, and looking forward to seeing you perform live in this New York area, whether it's in the ring on the stage, whatever it is, just keep up the greatness there, Mickey. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited too. I can't wait. We want to come to New York. I'm missing New York. Got to happen soon. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. You too. Thank you. You're on brand here wearing the Lights Out shirt. You got Extreme Fighting 7 coming up. How long was Extreme 7 confirmed for? Did you know months and months and months ago that it was a series? No, actually, uh, about three weeks ago, we locked everything down for Lights Out Extreme Fight. We had some uh, <clears throat> had some injuries, and you know the, the the fight business. It's it's like the week of or two weeks of. You just hope that everybody come in healthy, but some sometimes those things are unfortunate. So you you drop some fights, and you can't find another one, so you drop that fight completely. And you know it's just a lot of moving parts. Um, and that's that's the side of the fight business that I'm I'm getting used to. You know, um, in the NFL, we didn't have that. <laughs> like, right. you know, if you're injured, like, you go and warm up, and if you feel 50%, you're playing. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, – but, you know, in this business, uh, they only have fights every few months or so, and so they have to be 100% prepared to go in to do so. When you're preparing that fight card, do you also come up with alternates as part of it, or is that just a worry-about-later scenario? Well, with the, with the main event and co-main event, you definitely want to have people that's ready in place, right? Um, because those are your big draws. Those are the people that um, that's going to, you know, seal the show for the night. 
Um, but you always have people that's waiting, just waiting for opportunities. You know, you have uh, people that's training year round to get an opportunity. So you find out, you know, three weeks, four weeks before the fight, sometimes two weeks, uh, which guys are ready. You know, we know what, you know, the coaches and the managers or who not, who's ready to go. Right. I'm curious if the people that are the alternates from the Minutemen's know that they're alternates or if that's a secret for later. No, they, they know they're alternates. It's like, hey, you know, maybe, they, they, maybe they've been wanting that fight the whole time, right? And they just didn't get the opportunity. Because that's, that's one thing about lights out extreme fighting, right? There's a ton of fighters out here that we're trying to give exposure to, to give a platform to, mm-hmm. um, especially to, to former athletes. You know, we, we, you know I've, I've been really big over these last two years and getting former athletes, you know, guys that go playing a couple of years in NFL or NBA or NHL, uh, rugby, they didn't have opportunity to prolong their career. And we would like to give them a shot to, to come over here and, and kind of transition into lights out extreme fighting. Is the long-term goal for lights out to not only be like a full-time all-encompassing thing for you, but to be a weekly fight card? Yeah. If we can have, you know, weekly or bi-weekly, that, that ultimately is what I would love to do right now. We're, we're like once a month or every, every, you know, four to five weeks. Um, which is which is fine, which is fine because it gives guys prepare, gives us prepare as we're growing. Uh, and since the partnership with Fubo uh, Sports is, it's been things have been growing really fast because of the viewership. You know, we're we're top, I think, top three or four most program watch ever uh, for Fubo Sports, um, and we're slowly integrating. Like, you know, now they have the in fight predictions, the uh, the gaming that's going to be you know involved in the fights. Uh, just it's a lot of integration with technology that Fubo um, has kind of brought to the platform that we're now implementing into Lights Out Extreme Fighting. So you've got some star athletes from other sports. You've got the media broadcasting deal in place. You have the regular series going. It it seems like there's nothing in place that would. I should I should rephrase it. It seems like there's nothing to keep this from being a real deal MMA company. And I say that because other Companies have started and they did three or four cards and then they went away. In your case, it seems like the team is there. The vision is there. And this could be for years or decades to come. And that's the goal, right? Uh, we, we obviously understand that you got UFC, Bellator, you, you got leagues out there. Um, and, you know, every fight, it seems like we have one or two of our guys, if not more, go to either one of either one of the leagues. Um, and that's just the situation it is right now. We, you know, I've, Big fan of UFC even before I got in really into this business. Bellator as well. Um, know Scott Coker very well over Bellator and Dana, obviously, you know him uh, as well. And so with us, we're, we're just looking to uh, come at this thing a little bit different, right? Um, we're not trying to compete necessarily because there's a there's a void in, for us to, uh, to, for one, give fighters an opportunity, right? Fighters, former athletes, give guys these platform to come in. Because truth of the matter is, I don't care how many fights any other league has, they're always fighters that needs an opportunity. Uh, mm-hmm. Because these guys, they want to fight three, four, or five times a year, and they just can't. There's no room for them. Uh, so they can always come to lights out extreme fight. But the second part of it is that because of the integration and the, uh, the different platforms that we have going with Fubo, coming from the NFL, I always understood and knew that the NFL, as big as it is, because they just made the fans feel close to the players and the teams. You know, with fantasy football, being able to do stuff, uh, you know, in game and things like like that. That's my background. That's what I know best. 
And so um, being able to you know get to that point where the fans at home are feeling like they're actually somehow in the fight, that is uh, is pretty cool for us. Well, a big difference between you and your football past, and this is a compliment towards you. There's not going to be a gotcha thing at the end of the sentence or question is when you're in the NFL, you're either in the NFL or you're not. They weren't exactly working with the AAFL or the XFL per se, or overseas leagues or the CFLs. You're in our league or you're dead to us. But it sounds like you're open to working with other company that people don't necessarily have to be exclusive to your company. And that reminds me in a good way of, cause I know you're a wrestling fan with how AEW has pretty much worked with every other wrestling company under the sun over the last year. And some of the MMA companies are also game to working with other people. Well, you know, let's be honest. I mean, <clears throat> um, it's very hard to, to start off and fight in the UFC, right? It, it's tremendously hard to do that. Um, and I would advise, you know, because of the talent and some of the stuff that they got, that you go and, and you have fights with us. Uh, my, my hope is to be able to transition as many former athletes and guys that are, um, you know, looking to prolong their career in something else. Because even myself, I played eight years in the NFL, and that's a, you know, it's a long career, but also a short career. I was 28 when I retired, 28 going on 29, right? And so, guys, you, you come over to MMA – and have you another, you know, six or seven years in this game and, and you know, have a uh, transitional period. Because I tell anybody, especially former athletes, that first year or two when you're done is extremely hard. You know, I, you know trying to cope with not having that regimen, not being in the locker room, mm-hmm. um, you know, those things are tough. And guys, physically, they're ready to go. You know, think of your your uh, SEC linebacker that, that didn't get a shot in the NFL, only played one or two years and was out, you know. I actually have a show coming about that that I uh, just I wrote it just got done with the pilot about former athletes transitioning into lights out of stream fighting. Wow. Okay. Well, that was actually where my next question or topic was going. You're not one of those people who just has one project and sits on it and that's all they do. The lights out trademark is merchandise. It was your podcast. It is this MMA company. You just mentioned a TV pilot, a TV project in the works in general. What else are you plugging or what else should we be plugging besides Extreme Fighting 7? Uh, I don't even know if we have anything else to plug, man. That's that's like, that's why I'm sitting in the car doing this now. It's uh, I pulled up at the gym because I got to go right back to TV to promoting and, and, you know, get the opportunity to talk to, you know, people like you and, 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 and what you guys do. Because truthfully, there's no way for us to get out there without, these type of things, right? Um, I can use social media and stuff like that, but having, um, <clears throat> you know, publications and media who respect it uh, to show us some love is, is how we grow and get the, get the opportunity out there. You know, people, a lot of people read you guys, you know, and, and, and look at what you guys are doing. And so <clears throat> that's how we continue to grow. Um, and also too, you know, it's football season, right? So I'm, you know, every day I'm doing media on football and, uh, and of course I can talk football 24 hours a day, but I always get a chance to, throw some uh, lights out extreme fighting love up there because there are a ton of people that want to transition into the sport. They just don't know how to. Right. And you are the second NFL star that I've spoken to today who found success outside of the NFL. The first one was Moose, the current impact wrestling world champion. So it's really great to see how many people are able to have a six to 10 year career in the NFL and then go, I'm going to do other stuff and kill it there. So my last question to you is, Besides this card, 
that's coming up on December 10th, two days from now. What's one thing that we should be watching on television? Do you have a recommendation to pass along for a new show? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> we have, um, for one, we, we're obviously going to be on Twitch as well, right? Uh, we, we're giving away $1,000 cash prizes for uh, people who predict the fights, uh, who anybody that tune in to us. Um, and also, too, we're planning a big show uh, coming up here probably in the next month or so uh, in Vegas. And so, and you know, for us, that's big because obviously Vegas, Vegas is a hot market. And we just want to go up there a couple times a year uh, and give some of those local, local guys a chance to go out and compete. I'm going to be in Vegas for three weeks over late December, early January. So I'm going to reach out to your team to find out when that Vegas show might be. Uh, absolutely. Make sure you come and we'll set you up and. It's going to be a great show, man. That one's going to be big. Awesome, Sean. Well, thank you for your time as always. And just keep up the greatness. Looking forward to this series of fights on the 10th. Thank you. And uh, Fubo Sports this Friday live. Uh, I think you guys, uh, we come on at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. So if you guys check that out. Awesome. Have a great rest of the day there. You too. Thank you. Outrocast. Lauren, Isabel, thank you both for doing this. Great new movie. Now, throwing it to, to Lauren first. When did you know that Isabel was the one for the role? Um, you know, we, we scrambled because we actually had someone else attached and we lost them last minute and it was, became this, this fortuitous situation actually. And she came in as an audition. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, when it came to casting, I was really thinking about this advice I heard from David Fencher at a screening where he says, when he cast a role, he likes to look at who is the actor as a person, because at the end of a 12 hour day, Ben Affleck is not batting anymore. He's just Ben Affleck. He's fucking tired. So I really took that to heart. This is my first film, my first time really going through the casting process. And when it came to the auditions, out of everyone, I mean, first of all, her, her scene, what she did was brilliant. But on top of that, she was very try hard and over eager and like sent two scenes. Everyone else had the one scene. She did an extra one for me. Then she wrote me a whole letter and there's little photos in it and everything. She wrote this, this, this very over eager letter, but like, um, how she ran to this relay run to Las Vegas and she had all these injuries and she ran through them, the psychotic stuff. Um, and there's just obvious like energy bubbling into it. And then meeting her in real life too, um, you know, had this notebook, had all these, this binders and these little tabs and sticky notes and everything. And there was just this level of sort of, um, I mean, Isabel is very, she's known for kind of orphan and playing a psycho, but she's not, she's very bubbly and very full of life and energetic. Um, but she's got this kind of neurotic, drive to her this ambitious this, this grit that i could just sense and to me that is like alex doll that is the character she's playing and so i could see it in her audition tapes in every single detail and i knew um like this was the person like this is alex doll albeit you know not so psychotic you know so she's yeah. perfect isabel uh, those are very kind words that speak to your work ethic towards the craft how much research was needed in terms of rowing? Because we do actually see you performing the technique to use the term learning not to do bro row. We see that early into the film. <laughs> I didn't know anything really about rowing. I mean, I'd used like a, an erg machine at a gym. Um, but Lauren, I think the first time I actually rowed was Lauren gave me her erg that she had in her garage to take home to my apartment to use to train before the movie started. And she like rolled it out of her garage onto like the front of her yard, like in the sidewalk um, in, Glen in Glendale, right? And oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, Belize, <laughs> Glendale area. And 
sat me on the rower and basically was telling me how I was doing everything wrong. And I remember it like kind of made me annoyed because I was like, oh, dang, I was like, I have a lot that I have to do. And and learn and and from that moment on, Lauren had put me in uh, rowing like with a coach, rowing every single morning in the marina. And I remember I felt like I was doing so good and making huge strides. And like a week in, Lauren was like calling the coach and being like, she's not even making connections. She's not even doing it properly. And so it really was a process for me. Um, I would say that the research wasn't something I had to seek out. Luckily for me, Lauren had made it very clear once she cast me that there was no stunt double. There was nobody that was going to be in that boat for me, um, that I was going to have to row every part of the movie, which I did. And so she really gave me all the tools, I feel like, that I needed in order to get to where I needed to be to play Alex. Outro cast.